What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's hey, intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello, Buccaneer fans. Welcome back. Or I should say well, they've been listening to old podcasts, so that's true. They just yeah, go back to the yeah, catalog. Yeah, they just wait to wait to see what well, next. Now it's season two. It is. I am Scott Smith, and I am Jeff Ryan, and we are the Salty Dogs. Yes, and apparently we did okay we last did it year because they asked us to keep doing yes, it. Yes, yeah. and I got that email like, "When's the next Salty Dog?" Ah, oh, dang! You mean we didn't? <laughs> Who knew? Right. Who knew? But We'd have more time if we'd have done worse. Yes. But, yes. hey, one of the things we want to do this year, and I'm just going to go ahead and be transparent about it, sure. is get more active players on. Yes. Um, we're going to start that today by talking to rookie cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting. But we hope to do – we did. We had a lot, a lot of really great guests last year. Yes. We, we kind of started out by giving the fans access to some of the old great stars, the mm-hmm. Rodney Barbers and Mike Allstats and so on. And this year I think we're going to focus more on who's here. Right, and get get their thoughts because there's so many new moving pieces. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's coaches to talk to as yeah, well. Yeah, we have coaches, and even you know, on a plug for uh, Buccaneers Total Access, the radio shows where we're we're going to oh. be we're going to also be reaching out to the to the coaches and okay, getting good. different perspectives. So good, you can good. catch it, and that's more locally, but but um, you know. It, it, you can you never know what you're gonna you can talk to the, a guy three times and you're gonna get three different stories that you may not have heard True. before yeah. so that's good yeah. and unless unless you talk to Todd Bowles because I don't well, think Todd really yeah, wants he, to give a lot away he, have well, you noticed that yeah well I'll say this I like that I he listen he was in New York and he never had an issue <laughs> I mean they may not have <laughs> no, liked him he was very good. He's one of those guys that talks, and you walk away and go, dang, he really didn't give me anything, yeah, which I, that's his job. Well, I can summarize. He, he spoke to the media today, uh-huh. and I can summarize his answer to virtually every question. Well, it's only been four days of camp, <laughs> two days in pads, and he's absolutely right about that. We all want these – we all ask him questions, we want these grand proclamations of how great is the defense, how great is this player, yeah, yeah. and it's like, well – I'd like to tell you, but it's only been four days. So. And, and I'm going to say, so the first edition of Salty Dogs, it's only been four days of practice, <laughs> so it might be short this week. We've got a lot to talk about. I know though. we do. It is. It's been fun. It's good. It's good to be back sitting down. I, I have always. I kind of missed it. I know it sounds weird, but it was fun have to sit down. Have you been standing the rest of the time for the last eight months or whatever? What standing around? You or? said it's good to sit down. Have oh, you just been standing. Yes, I'm. Wow. Well, I know you had the back issue and all that. Yeah. No, I'm back in good shape. Get it? See how I did that? (laughs) See what I did there? Back in good shape? Yeah, that was really You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. I've always thought you had a a good backbone. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Mm. Um... So we're going to have Sean Murphy Bunting on. Yep. I'm excited about that because yes, he I seems am. like a great kid. And I think at this point, we can I can call a guy a kid, right? I mean, he's probably 21. Well, at your age, yeah. Yeah, and yours. Mm-hmm. We're the Salty Dogs. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they those young guys are infectious out there. They're making a lot of plays. Mike Edwards, Jamel Dean. You know, Vernon Hargraves is making a lot of plays. And I'm, he's kind of still a young guy, too. He's, yeah, and I, I felt bad because I thought last year in the preseason – 
he was playing well. And most of that first game. And then when he got hurt, it's like, are you kidding me? It's finally clicking for the kid and can't stay healthy. Yeah, he looks real good this year. And that's big for the Buccaneers Mm -hmm. because the cornerback position was troublesome last year. Mm -hmm. And part of that is not having depth so when guys get hurt, then your depth is exposed. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have any issues of talent on the depth chart now at cornerback uh, with all that's been drafted in the last couple of years. You know, but those are young guys, so you're probably going to experience some growing pains along the way. But I think that's a really talented group. And what I like is, you said they're all young guys, so that means they can grow together. If they stick, you know what? Now you're getting a core. Yeah, and, exactly. And two years That'd from now, you've got you're not going. They're young guys. You're saying, hey, we got we got this core yeah, for the next five years. Yeah. Right. Um, Sean uh, is has looked good out there. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of plays. There was one though. Uh, they were he was lining up against. Mike Evans, and this was actually the last day before Pat. So, even it was, it was a press look, but he couldn't really press him, right? Because they're not hitting you, right? So, but I see this matchup, and I said to the person standing next to him, like, I hope this ends up being a good matchup. I mean, we love seeing Mike Evans succeed, but we'd also love to see this young corner hold his own against such a great player. So, this the ball was snapped from the nineteen, but the quarterback probably threw it from about the thirty. And uh, it was Blaine Gabbard in this particular case. Mm-hmm. And he throws a back corner end zone fade perfect to Mike. Sean trailed him the entire way, was on his hip the entire route. But what can you do? Right. Sean, Mike's got his, his back to, between – he's got himself between Sean and the ball. His feet are at the very sideline. He's probably reaching three yards into foul territory. Sean Murphy Bunting played phenomenal on that play and Mike still caught a touchdown right. because that's how good he is but it was it worked out because I thought okay both those players were, were really good on that yeah, uh, that's where and that doesn't happen every time. no no you were had a great you got a great receiver and you had a quarter that stayed with him so you, that's what you want to see that's what you want to see a couple days ago at camp two days ago it was the first day of pads and the defense honestly was way ahead and that happens a lot early in camp the mm-hmm. defense had a phenomenal day so you go well gosh don't want to think about that from the other side because that was a bad day for the offense. But no, it's going to happen from time to time. Yeah, and that's uh, – it, it's hard. I mean, like everybody – I know you get it. I get it. Hey, how was practice? How was practice? On one side, you, you get all excited because one side of the ball is doing well, but then you're going, well, crap, they're going against what our side. Mean, what does right? that mean? You, yeah. know? you remember the old show, Coach? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luther, the yeah. assistant coach. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about how good the team was playing, mm-hmm. and uh, Greg T. Nelson was the coach, and he said, he said the problem that you have is you have your team, your offense, your defense playing against each other, and after a while, you start thinking you have a really good team, but you don't. <laughs> so didn't expect a, a coach throw, a coach sitcom reference. Well, but, you got anything from Frazier or, uh, or all maybe. the family for could, me? Here? Could all, all in the family, you meathead. Come on. <laughs> Gotcha. You're really dating yourself. <laughs> not at all. Have you not watched Nick at Night? Come on, you uh, don't watch reruns? Jeez, you, hey, they have this really cool thing called Netflix. You can get anything you want. What is that? Never heard of it. <laughs> yes, I, I know. Uh, you know, Byron Leftwich was also talking today, and uh, the, my favorite thing that he said, it was a pretty long press conference, my favorite thing that he said was um, somebody asked him, what have you seen from James Winston in terms of, like, what have you been your favorite money throws that mm-hmm. he's made in training camp? And he goes, I'm not really – I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not really interested in his money throws. What I want to see are money decisions. That's what he needs Jameis to do. He says, I've seen him. We've all seen him. He's got talent. He can make every throw. We've seen what he can do. 
it's the decision making that has to be right. When you go into a game, and you have sixty plays. You need his decision making to be right on most of those. I I kind of like that. So he said money decisions, and then he there was somebody brought up an example which he agreed was a good example. Uh, maybe two days ago, he um, checked a ball down to I think Andre Ellington, and um, it worked out really well because he he had a lot of room to run and was able to make it to the end zone. It was probably four yards in the air. So, and and. Basically, Byron felt like it was his best pass of camp so far. It was not his most difficult pass of camp mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. You and I probably could have thrown the ball four yards to Andre Ellington, although we would have been sacked like three seconds earlier. But if not, but it was his favorite play or it was one of his best plays of camp because he made the perfect decision, and that's what we need out of him. And that was always the knock against Jameis Winston. Is he doesn't always make – and that's actually the knock against most quarterbacks. That's when not against any quarterback who's not yeah. a great quarterback. Brett Far- the Atlanta Falcons thought Brett Favre was a – True knucklehead, right. and they traded him. So, yes. you know, my and, favorite quarterback ever. Yeah, and that's why I, I, I kind of just chuckle on. I think that was was that Jerry Glanville back then. That was that was the head coach. Brett Favre could get away with some questionable decisions mm-hmm. though, because he was just such gunslinger. a great scrunt, gunslinger. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know what Brett Favre threw a lot of interceptions. He, mm-hmm. he really did, but he was just so good. He was great. I'm not making no, no. disparaging him. He's, no, no, no. He's and fantastic. he threw a lot of quarterback. But I'm, I'm talking about in his younger, when, yeah, when yeah. he no, first you're started. Right. And that's and that's, So he traded him for like a third round pick. That's why he got traded, yeah. right. And then Atlanta has been looking for a quarterback until <laughs> they got Matty <laughs> yeah, Ice. So. Right. Well, they had, they had Vic for a little while. He was good for a while, too. Yes, that's right. That's right. He did. He did. Chris Chandler, not very good against us, but he was good. Yeah. Well, we had Derek Brooks and, yes. and Warren Sapp. Yep. Derek Brooks, fifty-five. Had him crying on the sideline. Remember was, that? No, that was Cordell Stewart. Mike Vick did not cry. Oh, on the that's sideline. right. That's Cordell right. Stewart. Cordell. Poor so, Cordell. Yeah, I liked him too, but I, I mean, Michael Vick was better. But I will say. But anyway, to back to the point, I think that's true of just about any quarterback who's not like an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pro- every guy that makes it in the league is going to have great arm talent. The hardest thing for anybody to do is see the field and know and make the right decision. I mean, I, I can't. I think you just have to have it. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you can get better at it, and that's what they're doing. You know, yes. that's what they're working with the most, and that's why they want them to make money decisions. I I will say, um, it, it's early. I got to preference you're gonna tell us a player you really like no 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 i'm gonna tell you about a couple players that i'm excited about okay and that's our kicking game oh i know you're so right i i I know i know it's usually when you start talking about punters and you're starting about kickers you're going wow what kind of team you have but in this particular situation i must say it's been a lot of fun to watch we would not believe me with the history of the last eight years mm-hmm. of our kicking game, we would not be talking about this right now if it was going poorly. Correct. The only reason we're talking about it is it's almost been flawless, which is insane. Crazy. So the very first day, Cairo Santos went first because the veteran gets yep. to go first and made eight of nine, and his only miss was from 55. The next day, Matt Gay went, and I thought he went eight of nine also, but then uh, I guess I miscounted by one because afterwards, Bruce Arians said that he was actually 10 for 10, and mm-hmm. the reason he counted the 10th one was because that particular goalpost he was he was kicking to for some reason it's and they crooked. haven't corrected it yet. Yeah. It's a little bit crooked, bent a little bit to the left, and so he just he hit that right upright. Had it been not crooked, it would have snuck through. Also, I, it looked to me like it was on the inside of it, and there's a net on that upright, right? Because um, on between those uprights, in order to uh, in order to keep the ball from hitting the facility behind it very often, right? Yep. But- so that might have gone through without the net, but in any case. He nails it, and including one from 57 yards. Yes. The next day, Cairo Santos made them all, uh-huh. <laughs> including a 55-yarder. The next day, Matt Gay made them all. 
in, in his field goal session now, at the very end, they were doing a move-the-ball drill, and he mm-hmm. had like a 55-yarder, and he didn't make it. It was a little off to the left. And, you know, you want to go, well, shoot, the guy's made like 20 of 21 kicks. Right. But Bruce was like, we really need a guy we can that can make that kick. So that's the next thing for Matt is he's got to make that kick in that situation. And uh, he had the distance. Just he did. Was, I mean, he's, it wasn't like it's falling short. Jeff, the one he made from 57 – Cleared that net, which is at the top of the goal post. It goes all the way to the top of the post mm-hmm. and hit the building like 15 yards behind it. That thing would have been good from 70-something yards, and it was right down the middle. It was it was, fantastic. It was beautiful. So from the looks of what we're seeing now, the Bucks should have a good kicker this season, and that can make such a big difference. Yeah, and, and you know, it's not a shoe-in, and it's going to – man, I will say whoever doesn't get the job – will probably have a job in the NFL simply, so. simply because of... Hey, the Chicago Bears apparently are needing a kicker. Yes, <laughs> yes. and But but it'll be, you know, of course, in practice, it's a little different. True. So when the we get into will be much more preseason important. games to see what's true. going on, but it, it's something listen, to look at. But listen, let's also be clear about this. The Roberto Aguayo thing did not work out right. No. Poor guy. I wish it yeah. had. But we saw the problems right away in training mm-hmm. camp. Remember that? Mm-hmm. He struggled right from the get-go in training camp, and yes. he just never got over it. So I agree with you that what we're seeing now isn't as important as what's going to happen in games, but it still is a good It's a good look. Yeah, it's you're not going, uh-oh, right. early. Right. And now you're expecting things to go well. And it's funny because when you when you watch as many practices as you, you and I do, and even the media, they're very good coming out every day and being here. You start looking at things, and now you you know it's it's a nice diversion because usually when the kickers kick, you kind of go, oh, what's going on? But in this that's particular when instance, that's when you go inside and get a drink. Yeah, you get you're on hit the <laughs> hit the men's room and you okay. know whatever. But here you're like, okay, let's see what this is. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, it's a good start. And and when you go back, and you of anybody can tell us how many games if we would have made a well, kick. Well, let me just throw a few numbers okay. at you. The um, average, I think, in the last. Four years, the NFL average uh, field goal percentage just across the league, and that includes the Bucks numbers, is eighty four point four percent. The Bucks have not been above, have been below seventy five percent for four straight years. I think last year was seventy two wow. point something. That, that bad? That I don't. And I, clearly, that sounds bad to you, but I don't know if everybody would think uh, 74 percent versus eighty four percent. Not that big of a deal. That's a big deal. If you're kicking thirty times. Or 35 times, that's five or six more made field goals every year. Well, if you're kicking four field goals a game, you're missing one a game, and that's the game winner. We lost three games by three or fewer points last year, Jeff. One more field goal here and there would have been nice. Wow. Also, remember the um, the the opening game against New Orleans last mm-hmm. year? We were just blowing them away. It was like the happiest we were the yeah. entire year. We were like, yeah. oh, my God, this is fantastic. This is unreal. And yeah. then it almost slipped away. Because we missed a field goal. We had a chance yes. to ice it and make it a two-possession two game and missed a field goal. And then Fitzmagic had to make that yep. Last incredible throw. third down. Yep. That was a run. Yeah. It was a third down scramble, and he and he made it, and, and that iced the game. And we all could breathe easy again because losing that game after you're up like 48 to – I don't yeah. know, 21 or it something would have been bad. Yes, it would have been bad. Yes, it so, would have uh, been a one struggle. One more field goal there would have been nice. So yes. you feel, and also, I don't think he ever came out and said it, and he might not even, this might not even be true, but I felt like our coaches stopped considering a long field goal as an mm-hmm. option last year. Right, and so it changes your game plan and what you're 100%. doing. Now, yeah. if you've got a guy that you feel comfortable, there's a good chance he'll make that 53-yarder. You're going you're for going it. You're going to go for it. Yeah. And uh, and so it'll be nice if the Buccaneers have that, and I think they will. Well, and as the preseason progresses and everybody, uh, you know, they keep moving players in and out as you watch the game, you know, it's it's it, 
it's something to look at to say, hey, let's keep an eye on the kickers because I think it's going to be a tough match and it's not going to be an easy cut, which is what you want. Yeah. So. All right. I think we probably should wrap this up pretty yep. soon because I want, I'm eager to get to Sean Murphy Bunny. Let's, right. let's do this. You, you, you give me and then I'll give just give me one guy you've really liked in training camp so far. Other than anybody we've already talked about, so don't say the kickers. Well, you want me to I, go first? You can think about. Well, it? I, the guy that coming in, I've been very impressed with, was Sean. So I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, you can say that. Okay, okay. I, that's who it is. Okay, well that works out well. Sean Murphy Bunting, yes, he's I, making plays. He's making plays, but all my interaction with him. Oh, you just like the way he carries himself. Bruce Arians said that this is the most mature rookie class. And now, how do you put a finger on that? I don't know. Other than when you interact with them, right? you you certainly can you can tell the difference. And so, yeah, he's he, he's a guy, you know, I kind of, you know how you meet somebody and you go, God, I hope he, he does well. Yeah, for he, sure. You know, he's one of those okay. guys for yeah, me right now. Yeah, definitely are rooting for him. And who's yours? I just really liked, and I'll, I, there was a very specific thing. They were doing the, they put the pads on, so they finally were doing the, uh, O-line, D-line, one-on-ones, mm-hmm. you know, where they're just basically, sometimes it's two-on-one, but whatever. They're just pass-rushing reps against each other. Vita Vea is a very big man, and yeah. he's a very strong man. That <laughs> that hasn't changed. Uh, he was just pushing guys around in that drill. I mean, he's just hard to handle. And so I'm excited about that mm-hmm. because now he's going to be playing next to Indominus Sue in this different defense. I think there's going to be opportunities for him to blow things up and it may not always end up being a sack for him but i think he's going to really help blow up plays and maybe he won't get the credit for tackles or sacks but somebody will well he's blown it up he started to play well near the end of the year and so now it all all clicks i think he looks really good shape wise he he looks like he's in great shape but he is a very big man he's a yes he's a humongous man so that's my guy i'm really excited about him we'll mark those down and see how it plays out okay ready to go ahead and get ready to go get my guy let's go i'm gonna go get him all right we'll be we'll be back for segment two in just a minute the salty dogs And we're back here on the Salty Dogs. I'm still Scott Smith. And I am still Jeff Ryan. And, uh, you know, Jeff, to me, we started this in training camp last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, to me, this is season two of Salty Dogs. It is. so, And that means we have an inaugural very first guest of season two. Yes. And we're thrilled to have Sean Murphy Bunting with us. Sean, thanks a lot, man. Hey, thank you for letting me be on. Yeah, he's, yeah you're he's, number one. Yeah, he's all <laughs> smiles, that too. That means something, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Probably a bigger honor than being drafted in the second Absolutely. round. <laughs> uh, absolutely. It's, it's going to be uh, uh, one of those pinnacles as you look back on your football career. You're going to go, Salty yeah, Dogs, right. dang, if only I could have done more. Sean, your mom is a fun follow on Twitter. Yes, she is. <laughs> I'm, yes, not, she is. I'm not calling you a mama's boy. That's not what I mean by this, but you clearly love your mom a lot. Oh, I do. So much. I love my mom so much. I mean, she's done everything for me, mm-hmm. you know, um, not to exclude my dad from anything. But yeah, yeah. Um, my mom has always just been in my corner, you know, without a doubt with every situation I've been in in my life. Um, she's like my best friend. Um, and I mean, I can just look to her at anything and for anything. And so I'm very grateful for her. Would you be here right now if she hadn't done a lot of stuff for you along the way? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, like the countless hours that she's driven me across the country, you know, going to camps and going to uh, football practice and baseball practice and basketball practice is just endless. Um, Did, didn't she drive you? Didn't she tell you to get in the car and drive you? Yes, sir. To, to Central. To Central? Yes, sir. And so, so how did that come about? I mean, were you like applying or waiting and she says enough of this um so i was actually given an offer um and then the head coach at the time dan enos had resigned Um, once he resigned my offer basically was voided and i had to wait until 
um, either new head coaches in place or um, it was kind of a, a feel-out thing. I didn't know if I was going to have anything or not. And so I waited about a month, a month and a half, um, and then they hired Coach Bono. And Coach Bono was kind of in position for about two weeks, and then I was reaching out to him, you know, sending him emails, sending him phone calls. Wasn't really getting any responses from him. And then, I mean, like you said, one day my mom just said, you know what, let's go up there and kind of figure out what's going on. And so she told me to get in the car. We drove two and a half hours, and then we saw Coach Bono, you know, face-to-face and at the spot he offered me. Awesome. So, but 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 as you're driving up, are you thinking, oh gosh, mom, maybe this is not a good idea? I mean, I'm just like, you know what? It's, I mean, she knows what she's doing because she knows what she's doing with mom every situation. So mom knows best, and she's always put me in good situations. She's always showed me the way to do things, and so, I mean, I just trusted in her, trusted in God, and let things fall into place. All right, so a guy, a guy who um, had to go through that just to get on a college team. At what that doesn't sound like the beginning of an NFL career. So at what point did you start to realize, hey, this could go on to the NFL? Um, I want to say it was, it's it's always been a dream of mine, you know, okay. to go to the NFL. Um, I honestly, I just want to be a professional athlete. So it, whether it was going to be in baseball, whether it was going to be in football, whether it was going to be in basketball, you know, I was going to try uh, my best. And then once I got, you know, to Central Michigan, I tried to switch over to wide receiver because um, that's what I was playing, you know, more heavy in, in high school. Um, and then Coach Bono basically told me, like, you can be an average, you know, college receiver or you can be an NFL caliber corner. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, he ended up switching me over to corner. And then kind of the rest is kind of history. You know, I had a coach. His name was Coach Collins. Uh, he was my freshman year coach, sophomore year. Um, and he kind of made me – he kind of molded me into who I am now, type of press guy I am. And so I couldn't thank him enough. Speaking of being able to play corner at a high level, I want to ask you, but I'm going to guess the answer – the most important thing that a guy has to be able to has to have in order to be a really good cornerback, and I'm guessing it's really good footwork. Oh, definitely. Uh, you have to be real technique sound, um, and a I lot mean, of guys are better. Like quick um, feet, like quick you feet, can move your feet. Quick I feet, mean, quick hands. You know, um, just being a ball hawk, you got to have the mentality to be a defender, and definitely the mentality to be a cornerback. Because um, there's going to be plays where you get beat. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be plays where you know you can't run with a guy necessarily, so you have to find other ways to beat him, and that's where the technique comes into play. Um, and just taking the right angles and stuff like that. So, so when you when you get beat on a play, mm. you have to. Everyone says one play, you got to move on. Right. When do you move on? Do you, or when do you actually go back and look at it? Like on the bus going back, flying home, you're like running each play through your head again. Right. So I mean, if there if it's like a, a mental error, um, mm-hmm. that's something that you correct right on the sideline. You know, after after the series is over, you get on the sideline, you figure out what you did wrong, you figure out you know ways that you can improve on that situation, and then you move forward from there. Um, but you can't drag them that same play because that's only going to result in, you know, countless and countless more errors and stuff like that. After quarterback, I've always felt like cornerback is the toughest position to play and the most detail-oriented. I mean, I, through the years, I've always watched your position coach with whoever he had and the detail you guys have to do on your footwork and, and your cutting and, and your change of direction. It yes, seems sir. like so much detail goes into that position. Is that accurate? Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, um, everyone's going to have their different opinion on kind of which – uh, positions are the most important or the hardest to learn and stuff like that because um, I know it's not easy just being in the box every single sure, play yeah, and going right. through guys like that and doing things like that so um, I know just being a corner like I said it's just mental toughness um, you know playing defense playing wide receiver playing cornerback it's kind of all the same type of instincts uh, you can have so making the transition over to cornerback for me was a lot easier than other guys um, and so I kind of took all the coaching points in that I could um, I kind of still had that mentality of being a receiver, being able to attack the yeah. ball, being able to judge routes and route wrecks okay, and yeah. reading the quarterbacks and stuff like that. And so it just all transitioned together. 
it's kind of benefited me a lot in the long run. You got best of both worlds. Yes, sir. You get yes, to be sir. the cornerback and knock it away, and then if you get one, take it to the you're, house. You're gone. <laughs> take it Speaking to the Speaking of taking it to the house, yesterday there was a pick, went to the house for a pick Mike six. Edwards, right? Yeah, it was a pick six. Now, y'all ran down, which is pretty cool. <laughs> now, my question is it looked like first all of you got in a row, and it looked like you were rowing a boat. But then, to me, it looked like you're on a roller coaster. Right. So w- w- did I? Oh read yeah, right? we we were on a roller coaster. Okay. You know, we were enjoying the thrill of it. <laughs> I, I, we, were, I got, we were at an amusement park having fun. I see. That's what they're talking about. They said rowing the boat. I said no. Nah, yeah. They're going like this. You know, hands up in the air. Right. Like, look, mom, no hands. Yeah. Yeah. So Todd Bowles was just talking about that. And he yeah. said, I, you could get the feeling that he. He wasn't necessarily yeah. hoping his guys would be celebrating in practice, but yeah. he's like, it's a lot of young pups back there. They're going to celebrate. Gonna have fun. <laughs> you, uh, Are you having I fun? I couldn't row the boat, though. You know, I'm a fire-up chip type of guy. So <laughs> row the boat, you know, that's, no, yeah. that's for Weston. Oh, that's I couldn't right. do that. That's I wasn't right. getting on that, that ship. That came yeah. from our former coach here. <laughs> yes. I wasn't getting on that boat. Fleck. Yeah, JP, Jay Fleck no, brought yeah. that in. PJ PJ. Yes, he was yes, here. He was here for a while. Okay. Yeah, but you guys, it seems like you guys are having fun. We are. We are having a lot of fun. Uh you make the more plays you make, the more fun you have, sure. and so we're just trying to make every play possible and just enjoy the game. From from us watching practice, what are we five days in? Mm-hmm. It just looks like you know you're having fun, but I just said that I understand. But let me finish. <laughs> that's what, you know, I salty can, dogs. I can turn him off. Though. Yeah. See, that's the beauty. That's true. You want to just sit and do a one on one? What what it's going to say? You all come together. You really don't know each other. Right. But it seems, and am I reading too much in this, that you guys are all really meshing, which right. is really hard to do. And that, that that thing called culture, that thing called chemistry, do you feel like you're on that right path? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, we're all young. Like you said, we have a veteran guy in the room, and you know he's still young as well. And so um, each one of us have something to prove. And that's kind of the same mentality that we all have. And when you all have uh, like a, a group like that, mm-hmm. you know, and you're striving for one goal, then you're automatically going to mesh well. You know, once me and Jamel Dean came in and once Mike came in, we kind of, us three gelled together because we all had that same mentality of just coming in, you know, playing, contributing, and winning championships. Um, and so we fit very well in that secondary, and especially with the coaches in the secondary and the defensive staff, and um, everyone just molds together well. You said you played baseball. Yes, sir. Center field? Yes, sir. <laughs> Good guess, huh? Center field, middle infield. That's because you move. <laughs> yeah. He's got wheels. How was your stick? Oh, I was leadoff. Oh, okay. Whoa. That makes sense. Yeah. Did you see the look he gave you? He gave <laughs> you the old stick guy. Of course my stick was good. You're asking me what my stick Lead is? Off. Come on. That's great. I, I, I like <laughs> Stolen bases then, too? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. yeah. First to third. Do so you, if, you'd have, if you'd have been able to play baseball, would you Would you still have preferred football to that? And either answer is fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, based off of what I, how I was growing up, I was a, a baseball guy. You know, okay. baseball was my mm-hmm. main sport. That was what I wanted to do. Do you and travel then, ball and all that yes, stuff? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I started playing travel ball around seven, eight years old. Oh, okay. So it's just I like my, yep, my, son. my whole life. Scott has a son that's been doing that. Yes, sir. Because I played, like, I all my sports overlapped. So I played AU okay. basketball. I played travel, uh, baseball, and football. And so I would be leaving baseball games, going to basketball tournaments and wow. stuff like that. You know, that's energy. interesting because – For me, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. yeah the kids I'm worn out it. just hearing it. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of families now, and, and we'll get you out here in just a minute, mm-hmm. um, that uh, they get their – their kids pretty good at one sport, baseball right. in particular, and they just do that year-round, mm-hmm. and they focus on that. And I tend to think that kids get a better experience and get better at everything if they play a lot of different sports. Yeah, I, I definitely agree to what you're saying um, because, like, when you specialize in one sport, I mean, not you not necessarily won't be, you know, you still can't 
not be that good in that sport. Um, but when you kind of divide your talent into different sports, you're learning kind of the way to move your muscles a lot differently. Yeah. Um, and, you know, different vision, different things like that. Like basketball helped me play football. Football helped me play baseball and just stuff like that. Um, so I feel like they all kind of gel together and mesh together. I've, I've done some coaching, and I had a kid who was pretty good at baseball, but not one of the team's best players mm-hmm. and um, on the travel team. And he went and played basketball just in a Y League over the summer. And he came back, and he was way better because, yep. he, for some reason, he played well in the basketball thing, and it just really built up his confidence. Confidence, yep, coordination, vision, yeah. stuff like that. It, it made him faster. He yes, ran sir. more smoothly. Yes, so sir. there's definitely crossovers in so sports that can help. It sounds right? like let's kids be, let, let kids be kids let and kids just be go kids. play. Let them play. Yeah. Let them play. I have one last question, and then you may have one last question. I know that I, I know that you want to start. Yes, sir. Everybody wants to start. Yes, sir. My question is, do you expect to start? Um, I'm expecting to just give it my all. I'm expecting to go out and compete at the highest level, uh, and I'm going to to win a job. That's my goal. You know, that's what I'm. I'm expecting to get the most out of myself, and so um, ultimately, the decision is going to be, you know, on the coaching staff and and on who they feel is best for that that position but all I can do is control you know my effort my attitude mm-hmm. and just how I go out there and, and handle myself in every situation I do have one more question oh okay okay <laughs> I, I, I lied which is we also lied about 10 minutes yeah now, so. well I know we're gonna get him out um how sore are you you had pads for two days uh I'm not you know I'm not too sore I'm not too sore where I can't compete mm-hmm. you know I, you can play through you know just about everything doing this your entire life and so uh your body's gonna be banged up just because you're fresh you know putting the pads back on but you just got to keep fighting through it and just keep keep battling. No, okay. I'm good, Jeff. You, you, you can done? have all the questions. It's you, cool. You're done? You, do you have anything left? <laughs> no, let's let Sean get out of here. All right. You know, we're, we're right in the middle of another training camp day. Yes. They have stuff in the morning. They have yep. stuff in the afternoon. They do get some time to rest. See, I must have hit my timer. So let's so give, I'm, let's I'm give running, them some time to rest. I'm running at 949. <laughs> we said 10. You say almost 12. Yeah. But we appreciate so, you so taking Sean, the time. Sir. Thank you for you bringing me out. Really, Thank you. uh, right. You're our first guest of the year, and, and it was a really can't, great way to start it. Yeah, I can't wait to see you in the first preseason game. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. The Salty Dogs. Okay, we're back here for our final segment of our first episode of yeah. Season 2. It went good. I've always wanted to be able to say Sam that, involved in a Season 2. And that's why I picked my, Sean. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why he, I picked right. him. You're right. He is a sharp kid. Smooth, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, smooth on the field, too. Um, okay, so this is the segment where we usually answer fans' questions. The problem with that is that we haven't been on for quite some time, and I didn't ask for any questions on Twitter or anything, so I didn't. I don't have any in the mailbox. So hopefully by next week, are we going to do this every week now, I guess? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Starting now. So uh, hopefully by next week we'll have some uh, questions in the inbox, and that is just, um, it's Salty Dogs, S-A-L-T-Y-D-O-G-S, at Buccaneers, B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S, dot NFL. Com. Don't forget that NFL part in the middle, or mm-hmm. it won't get to us. So mm-hmm. send us questions, and next week we'll be answering those. I thought in that in place of that, I could just look through uh, my Twitter mentions because I've been tweeting a lot during camp, and you know people respond and ask questions and so on. And maybe we could just comment on those. Sound I'm like all, a plan? Yeah, I'm game. I'm with you. All right. So here, first one is um, first one is uh, yesterday after we'd signed and he was on the practice field. Vincent Testaverde, son of Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We were standing out there. Someone said, hey, we signed Vinny Testaverde. And I said, dang, how old is Vinny now? <laughs> you and I have both been around long enough that we yes. did overlap uh, yes, with him. Yes, we for did. Just one season for me. I, Two for me. Okay, I think, let's see if you agree. Everybody that I know, and I felt the same way, really liked Vinny. Very nice guy. Always has been, right? Is that the way? You, did you have good interactions with him as well? Um, 
Great guy. Right? Great guy. I think, uh, yes, considering considering that he took a lot of abuse from everybody. Sure. Yeah. So I took a picture of Vincent, his son, um, warming up and I, from the back. So it was an orange jersey with the words Testaverde on him. Like, yeah. we haven't seen that. And it was cool that it was an orange jersey. Yeah. I'm like, we have, Buck fans haven't seen this in a long time, yep. right? Uh, and so there were some reactions that uh, one guy was kind of rude about it. He's like, what does it say here? I can't find it. Um, who cares? The only quarterback that matters is Jameis Winston. I can't find it, so it doesn't matter. But uh, the only quarterback, we save this nostalgic stuff for somebody else. I'm like, okay, fine. Somebody's cranky. Well, today, yeah, right? well, I mean, geez, you're, you're, if you don't like it, just ignore yeah, it. Yeah, you're not salty. You're just mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't really. People I don't can get pretty mean. I know. Twitter. I don't understand that. I mean, I don't get it. But then this guy, David J. Potts, says, uh, Pretty cool story. Wonder if they'll keep three quarterbacks this season. So yeah, it's a cool story that Vincent's here. Mm-hmm. And, but I thought we could answer that. Will they keep three quarterbacks this season? What do you think? They have previously. They have. They so have. it. Yeah, I think it depends on how the other positions play out. If you have the luxury of it being able to carry three, um, I don't think you're going to carry two veteran guys. Uh. You don't well you other than other okay. Than, so you think so, so if it's Jameis, then maybe. you've got you got Ryan Griffin, Blaine Gabbard. Yeah, you don't think we'll keep all three? I, I, I don't know. I think it all depends on what, what this kid does too. What Vincent? Yeah, I I would be shocked if either he or Nick Fitzgerald got starts there. starts the regular season on the active roster. Yeah, That's but, not to say they don't have a career in front of them. Now could they? But they could go on the practice, practice squad. squad. So. So uh, to add some context, you're absolutely right that in Arizona, for most of his five years there, Bruce's teams had three quarterbacks mm-hmm. on the roster. But I think a lot of years that was just because they had injuries. They were going through a lot of guys because they had injury issues. Um, I He was asked that question in the offseason, and he said he would prefer to carry two. And some teams do that now because you don't have that third inactive quarterback rule anymore. So your third quarterback is always going to be inactive, and he's never going to play. Right. So what teams do is they'll carry a third quarterback on the practice squad. If a guy gets hurt and he's going to miss some time, then they bring him up. So you still have three quarterbacks around for practice. You have three that are theoretically ready to play in a game if need be, but you only you only use two of your 53 roster spots on it. I think that's what they would like to do. I don't know if they'll get there or not. It probably depends on just how well all three of those guys are yeah. doing, right? Um, but uh, so I'm going to say it works out, though. And either Blaine Gabbard or Ryan Griffin is the backup, and the other one has moved on, and then we keep a, a young guy on practice squad. That's my guess. Yeah, I, I would go with that. Okay, but, so we agree. But we won't know until uh, end of August. Okay. Um, is Peyton Manning? Here's uh, this is mm-hmm. what uh, a guy named Attaway said. Is Peyton Manning playing running back this year too? Do you, do you we want to know the context of why somebody would ask me that? No, I'm going to have to admit to oh, my you biggest wrote... Twitter mistake oh. so far. And there will be more. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. heard about this? Yes, yes. I'm, t- I'm getting yes. heat from every person on the football side about this one. But you know why? Because you're so accurate so often. And I know this is going to come back and haunt me because I'm saying this. But you are pretty accurate. And when you and I have discussions, we you know, we, we were around together at the same time. And But I will, I will say your memory is much better than mine. Yeah, this wasn't a memory issue. This was a brain fart. But yeah. can you send me that that clip right there later so I no, can keep I'm, it and replay it? When don't I you understand? Don't you understand? I'm <laughs> deleting that out. <laughs> come this on. part will not make on, the air. Come on, you're walking you around. You said something nice yeah, to me. Yeah, you're walking around thinking this is going to be perfect. I'm thinking, well, shoot, shoot, he ain't got a chance. You can swear on. Okay, 
uh, I caught it. Try not to. I caught it. Um, hey, I'm so, hanging out with Bruce. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, that could rub <laughs> off. Should have said, right. oh, crap. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, after you said that I'm usually right about stuff, I'm going to prove you wrong, or at least in this instance. So I'm standing there by a Bruce while he's having his post-practice talk with the media. And he said, they asked him why Donovan Smith didn't practice a day. He said he just had a little Achilles thing that he would be fine. And sure enough, Donovan was back in practice the next mm-hmm. day, which is great. But uh, as I go to share that news with Buck fans on Twitter, I, for some reason, type left tackle Donovan McNabb. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> and I was going to bust your chops and one of the, on that. There was, I mean, it was like maybe 20 seconds later, one uh, of the other media guys like frantically trying yeah. to get my attention. I'm like, no. Probably should reread that tweet, and so I did, and I corrected it, and yeah. I made fun of myself. But right. I, I'm still getting it on Twitter, which is sure. fair. You make it's a mistake, you're going to get it. And most guys, most people are just having fun with these, like this guy is, you know, asking his Peyton Manning going to be the running back. Well, you know, that's what happens when you have fat thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I can't even blame that on a typo no. because I doubt that was a autocorrect. Yeah. It was just my brain heard the word Donovan and yeah. followed it up with McNair. Yeah, well, which is or Smith. <laughs> the only reason that I have had occasion to. Um, write or tweet or anything about Donovan McNabb is usually when I'm talking about Rondé Barber mm-hmm. and all the times he victimized him. Greatest play ever. Well, that and if you're voting on that, by the way, if you're voting for the top play, is that voting still going on? I, I don't know, voting. but if you were, let's get back to that did. in a second. Um, first, uh, in addition to that great play that everybody knows what you're talking about, the 92 yard pick six mm-hmm. that sent the Bucks to the Super Bowl. Um, he also, in his one game where he had two pick sixes in the same game, that was also against Donovan McNabb mm-hmm. and the Eagles in 2006. Right. It was the same game where Matt Bryant hit the 62-yard right. field goal. Matt Bryant gets the key to the city, and Rondy Barber gets two <laughs> like, touch, two, two, pick two, two picks. To it's make. like historic. And, and, and if, you, if you ever want to get Rondy a little riled up. Oh, you've talked to him about oh, that before? Oh, <laughs> yes. You just mentioned the fact that, that he'd been here how many years, never got a key to the game, and, and he gets two pick sixes on the same game, <laughs> and a guy kicks a 62-yarder. Well, you know, hopefully Rondy will end up in the Hall of Fame. And, yes. Is, and Matt Bryant's had a fantastic career. Phenomenal Not career. a lot of kickers make the Hall and, of Fame. And good guy. So two good things. So we'll move on. Okay, so – but you brought up that there's been voting, and I don't know if the yes. voting's still going on. We were – as part of the NFL's 100th season mm-hmm. uh, celebration, every team is giving their fans a chance to choose from some weird having my audio. That's just me walking back and uh, rocking. I'm sorry. Uh, f- giving fans a chance to choose from four plays that we chose, mm-hmm. that I chose, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, uh, to vote for which one is the greatest moment in, in NFL history. Not necessarily play. So our four were the Rondé Barber yep. pick six that shut down the vet, Derek Brooks's uh, pick six that the dagger daggers is in, in it in the Super Bowl. The first round of the 1995 NFL draft, one of only three times that any team's ever taken two eventual Hall of Famers in the same round, totally turned the franchise around. If you don't know Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. Yes, and then the 1979, in just their fourth season, the Buccaneers win the uh, NFC Central Mm -hmm. and their very first exposure to the playoffs, and they beat Philadelphia 24-7. Ricky Bell ran like 48 times or something. That... 38 times. That was a playoff record at the time. Um, I chose that. I know when you heard them, you actually felt like the very first win in franchise history mm-hmm. in New Orleans should yeah. have been the fourth one instead. Yeah, because, which is fair. Which is, you know, you lose 26. I know, but that's why it's kind of like, I'd rather write about they made the playoffs rather than, hey, well, I understand. we just lost 26. The only reason that game it, was incredible it, is because they'd lost the last 26. Right, but it was a moment. I know, it was. And, it was big. And... You know, there are there are um, little kids that were like you know three four years old hanging out at one buck when 
I mean, yeah, it came back it to was a huge, cr- thing. huge crowd. No, hundred percent. You're right about that. And, and I will say, Tampa Bay, you know, was railing around the Bucks. They were zero and twenty six, but people were still excited about it, and they were still hoping. Yeah. And and, and, and then and then you know, it's finally like ah, it's over. And you I know? was yeah, and it was, and then they won the next game too. Their mm-hmm. first win at home over St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the two St. Louis teams to abandon. And you know St. who Louis. lost? And I'm their, not bitter about You know that who lost anything. their job over over? Yeah, that. Uh, Hank Stram. Yes. The Saints coach. Yep. Yeah, it was apparently losing to the to the Buccaneers was a fireable offense back then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it gets to that point. You don't want to be that team, you know. Yeah, but I, so that's why to me that's that's added context to the fact that winning your first playoff game ever in just your fourth season is huge because that was just two years after they had lost their twenty sixth straight game. Right. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, but you got to give it credit. You know, two years of losing, yeah. it was not fun. So whether you picked my pick or your pick for mm-hmm. the fourth option there. It still doesn't matter to me because to me, clearly, and I had some arguments on Twitter, although I think more people agreed with me than not, the most, the greatest moment in, the greatest achievement for this team ever is winning the Super Bowl. The single greatest moment to me, and I will never waver from this, is Rondé Barber, pick six, shutting down the vet. We're going to have to stop this show because this is twice I'm agreeing with you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to need to save this. No, I, I, I could not. Uh, I'll take on whoever you want to take on that says that ain't it. Yeah. Because as, the mo, I, of all the games that I've I've done and I've been to, I can still tell you I am standing in a really crappy broadcast booth. Not even a broadcast booth. It's a big row. Hey, you were you and shut down the the broadcast booth. We shut down the vet. <laughs> I never and thought then, about it that way. And then we won the first game in the Lincoln. That's right. Seventeen to nothing. The first regular season. Game. There was. I mean, you talk about. And the best part about it, when the fact that the equipment, they're, they're, the Philadelphia Eagles thought they were going to win. The video people were already sending stuff to San Diego. <laughs> that when our guys got there, they had to move their stuff out of the way. <laughs> they were planning ahead because yes. that was the last Super Bowl when there wasn't two weeks between those two games. Right. And, one. and remember how long it took us to get out of Philadelphia because they lost. They were they, they wouldn't uh, let the truck go down. I don't it, remember that. And also um, traffic control was real slow at getting us out. Yeah, so we get back late and then we fl- flew out. Less than 12 hours morning. later. <laughs> less than 12 hours. But but I, I can still thinking, damn it, we're going to lose a championship game again because 99 was, was, was a crusher. And... You know, I can only fathom with plus we had we had ended two playoff runs in right. Philly. They weren't runs, there was, but it we ended there, Philly. and we yes. lost in Philly that year in the regular right. season. And I, I can close my eyes right now and see Rondé running down. I can hear Gene's call, and I'm like, this. He said dagger in that one too because I just heard it the yeah. other day. Um, but yes, I think that was a defining moment. That well, was, was a that was a defining moment of we belong here. Yeah, this is and. And our, our players said that after that happened, they knew they were going to win the Super Bowl. And that's easy to say afterwards, but they did go into that game and just demolish them. You know, it's funny. That week, uh, I did interviews with, with um, Brad Johnson and um, John Lynch um, at the team hotel for, for, mm-hmm. for pregame stuff. And both of them were like, we're going to win this game. And I'm like, hey, you know, you got to be really. <laughs> and they're going, no, you don't understand we're going to win this you know, game. The defense was in, in particular was confident because mm-hmm. they felt like they knew everything the Raiders yes. were going to do. Yeah. So Remember when John Gruden on the Thursday Super Bowl practice mm-hmm. like ran the scout team? He was the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Because he, and he was like, 
they, they and then they're in the Super Bowl and they know exactly what. They're yeah, doing. they're going. They're calling the same thing. So, so, well, when does when do the results come out on that? I, I'm. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> By next week, we'll, we'll I take everything back about week. how knowledgeable you are. <laughs> I got you just, two right and one wrong. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, you're we'll, in baseball. We'll talk about it next week. If you're in baseball, you're 300 right. hitters, so you're a star. Two out of three is a 300 hitter. Oh, well, okay, 600. So you just worry about the little knobs over there, John. Okay, I'll, I'll handle the math. I don't okay? do math very well, as you can tell. All right, <laughs> all right. I it think was that's fun. enough, right? It was a good one. Yeah, it's it was a good start. start. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunding was great. Buck mm-hmm. fans uh, really get excited about that kid. All right, really, well, you're gonna love him. And we'll do it next week before we head to uh, Pittsburgh. Sounds good. So all right, Jeff. very good. Hey, since you did, thanks for listening.